This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I am Shen. And I'm Lay. And welcome back to the Wildy Nat Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? You know what? I'm in a like a such a happy mood. I I'm I know this is gonna air when this airs, but I don't care. I have to say this because I'm so happy about it that I don't care. I need to say it now, even if it no longer is applicable by the time this airs. I'm done school. I have two weeks <laughs> off of school. It is Christmas holiday. Um, I can't wait. I cannot wait for winter break. I feel like I've been waiting for winter break since the start of like the school year. So <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so stoked to just relax because boy, oh boy, have it's been a trying year. I mean, obviously, like I've been teaching virtually and that's mm-hmm. been, you know, has its sets of challenges. Sure, I'm not getting up and going to work every day, but like still teaching online is it's tough, especially the high school mm-hmm. students, right? keeping them engaged, following up on work that needs to be done, keeping in contact with parents. Like, it's just a lot. So I'm so looking forward to relaxing and I'm just happy. I'm like, yeah, I have, I have my, my, uh, my mimosa. It's a, it's a it's <laughs> nighttime <laughs> and I'm mimosa up. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm so happy. Like um, a moonlight mimosa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also other amazing things to report. My child has turned two. So I like officially have a, like a two-year-old kid. And like I said, um, in our story, I feel like from like from zero to one, like, okay, fine. Like from a newborn to one years old, like, yes, that was like, you know, sad. And like, oh my God, she's one. But I guess because she was still so dependent, it didn't feel like a huge, it didn't, I don't want to say they feel like, it didn't feel like a huge deal, but I wasn't as emotional, but this one like took me because I feel like she's yeah. a different person. And okay. everyone says like, if you think one to two is crazy, two to three is like night and day everyone's like when she turns three she's like a different human like a full like she's got a full-time job she's out there (laughs) looking for like she's looking for work (laughs) like it's a lot so yeah it's been emotional but so 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 awesome I'm feeling so blessed that um you know she's well and healthy and um it's been a good time so despite the fact that we can't have the big celebration that I would have wanted I'm just the greatest celebration is seeing her healthy and strong, to be honest. That's the greatest gift. So right. I'm pumped. How are you? 
And it was a whole new experience too. It was low key, but still meaningful. Yes. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And I think like what a metaphor for life, keeping things low key, but still having them be like so important and so impactful. So mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. Um, Wonderful. But smiling all the way. What about you, friend? Tell me, how's your life going? How's the week? Tell me something good. Tell me something good. <laughs> oh, Lord, friend. Well, you know, I know. I don't know when this is going to air, but, you know, it's been one of those weeks. Yeah. I feel like we're still in quarantine, guys. Even if this airs in 2027, we're still in quarantine. <laughs> we're still in quarantine. Okay. So, you know, the emotions are going to be up and down. Yeah. I have a good weeks and I have terrible weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make the best of it. Um, I'm really appreciating being at home <laughs> yeah. since I've been, since I've gone back to work, I, I miss being home now. I mm-hmm. miss it so much. I miss that quality time that I get to spend with my family. Yeah. Um, now I just have to come home and it's all... It's all work, like get into the routine, get things done, get things organized, and then do it again tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. I live for the weekends and um, that's it. I'm just surviving. I'm surviving, but I am just relishing in the moments that I have with Mm -hmm. Wynn. And like you said, her turning two is like, she's a whole new person. So just, (laughs) just wait, it's a week by week basis where she goes from like baby Mm-hmm. cute and then she's your roommate <laughs> seriously <laughs> she'd be bursting in my room good morning i want some eggs and potatoes Mm-mm. okay well okay big where's demands the, where's the rent uh, today the i was rent? like trying to wipe her face um because like oh my goodness poor yara and her eyes there's always this like sleep in her eyes <laughs> so i'm trying to like wipe out her eyes and she's like no mommy no move back space space I was like, what? <laughs> a lot. Like, move back and space. Like, it was just w- way more rejection than I was prepared for. I'm like, this is- <laughs> like, you've been like two for like 32 seconds. Like, relax. Take it easy. Like, just got off my shit. Relax. Um, it's a lot. But anyway, um, I hear you. And I love the honesty. I think that that's what I appreciate about you the most is the fact that you don't fake the funk ever. Like, ever if you're not feeling that you're not feeling it and to say this week has been a shit week that's fair and that's totally fine i mean i have my good moments but overall the consensus is it was trash (laughs) it was trash but you know i'm turning it around on the weekend making yes playing with winter painting volcanoes every day (laughs) listen i can't wait that's exciting that is so exciting yeah um so we've checked in with each other and you know <laughs> I was on one end of the spectrum Shen was on another end of the spectrum let's see if oh. our incredible guest is going to fall somewhere in the middle or maybe she'll be on both sides who knows um we have a guest today friends and I mean I'm not going to fangirl because it's like super weird but... <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's strange because I'm like if I'm fangirling I'm like fangirling for her kid which is like even weirder <laughs> so let me not <laughs> let me scale back and uh, just say that we have the amazing, unbelievable mom, Felicia Johnson here. Um, I'll let her share who she is and why she's incredible. But before she does that, just uh, jump in and tell us how your week's been going. How is it going? 
It's going, you know, it's Friday that we're recording this on a Friday. So, you know, the week is about to start, mm-hmm. always around the corner. It's been good. And I, uh, the reason I'm here is because I'm a mom to my daughter, Kalia, who is the star of like our household. <laughs> but just recently, last night, we went to Zoo Lights and they yeah. just have these like giant sized animals. They're fake, mm-hmm. but they're all lit up and they like do different things. Like, the giraffe's head was going up and down and it was just so bright. She was just like waving. Ah! Like, everything. She has like loved the Christmas tree. Up. Oh yeah. So it's just fun to have so many firsts. And she's at that age, she's 11 months that she just oh, takes everything yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And you can see her brain working. Mm-hmm. So last night was fun to kind of experience something new for her and to see her respond just like so happy. So that was the end of our week. And so... I'm looking forward to just some chill time, but overall, it has been a good week. Fabulous. I am glad to hear. We are excited. Welcome, welcome, Felicia. We're so happy to have you. I love that stage when they're almost one and everything is just so amazing to them. They're like, wow, a fire hydrant. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time. I definitely remember. And I think, I mean, there's still an element of that now too, but it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's like not it was, for like simple things, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also like, I mean, I watched your story and it was like, I was impressed. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I'd imagine that she was like losing it. Yeah. And you ladies know too, I feel like I keep, t- people keep telling me this, like at a certain age, they don't really understand what's going on. So you yeah. really need it for yourself. Yeah. And so like, I wanted to go to the zoo over the summer and my husband was like, she's six months. She doesn't know what's going on. I'm like, well, I kind of low-key want to go to the zoo myself. Exactly. Um, I feel like I find activities that I'm like, oh, I'm kind of low-key excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Like It's so true. So much I brought winter to that. an amusement park at six months. I can't believe you did that. I still can't believe it. <laughs> at the time still, of my life. I still can't believe it. Just looking around just like dangling off of me. <laughs> like, why are we here? <laughs> what are we doing here? Doesn't matter. Just enjoy yeah. the ride. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, we do what we need to do and we do what we can because we are bomb moms. Perfect segue. So <laughs> did it again, guys. <laughs> um, it's that time, friends, where we nominate bomb moms. We got noms, remember, Shen? So we thank you, friends, for still sending us bomb mom noms. We have a couple people who have been sending and we appreciate it because, like I said, moms work so hard. Um, you know, we just do so much and we're so deserving of the accolades. Um, so the mom that I want to nominate this week is a mom that is local ish. She's from Toronto, but now lives, you know, in, um, Edmonton. So she lives in Alberta, but, um, she's just an incredible mom. She's a mom of three, um, amazing children. And, you know, she's just holding it down for them. She is the, like, she's like the super Christmas mom. I call her Mrs. Claus because like oh. legitimately like November 30th, she's like, that's it. Cue Mariah Carey, the house is decked. <laughs> Deck the halls. And it's like, and I love to see the photos of her home. I love to see how excited her kids are about it. Um, so not only is she a mom of three and a great mom at that, but she's also like a mompreneur. She has like a, um, it's like a catering company. I think it's called Dunn's River Kitchen. So she caters making food out in in Edmonton, which is huge because I mean, 
in Alberta, there sure there definitely are a couple Jamaican restaurants, but like you know, to get really good Caribbean food, mm-hmm. up or very expensive, mm-hmm. like super costly. So her stuff is affordable and delicious. Um, so Monique, you are awesome. I think that you are truly an incredible mom. Um, I'm super proud of, you know, everything that you've done out there and how you've, you know, really made a life for yourself and for your kids. And for that, among so many other reasons, you are my bomb mom. No, I love that. Okay. I'm going to nominate Nicole Holsang. Uh, we follow her on our page and I'm just, it's just, I'm impressed. (laughs) She's pregnant right now. And Okay, guys, you guys hear this all the time. We talk about it. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to find time to commit to working out. I know I, I probably can, yeah. but I'd be, it would be like a dead body working out. <laughs> and she's pregnant because I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Dying. And she is very pregnant and she's already a, a mom. Mm-hmm. She seems to be a toddler. Yeah. And she's still working. She's working out. So I, every time I see her pop up on my page, I'm like, all right, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to go do some jumping jacks. I'm going to just, you know, pick up my five pounds. <laughs> yes. Let me just squat, squat right on demand. Like, let me just, just let do me three go. squats and go back upstairs. <laughs> I'm just so impressed. Like, this is amazing. Well, I'm going to shout you out, Nicole, because you look good, girl. No, Nicole's amazing. We, like I said, we went to elementary school together. So I've known her like my whole life. Mm-hmm. And she... I remember her being an, like athletic, but mm-hmm. like, wow. Like, I don't remember her being this athletic. So discovering that she, guys. yeah, she used to be a professional Fair. bodybuilder. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what she did prior to her first baby. Her, I think her son's like maybe like born three or four days after winter. Uh, yeah, yeah, he looks small. Yeah. And I remember her talking a lot about her journey, like, you know, still trying to work out and then giving birth to him. And then she had, I believe she had a C-section. So, and she had, she made, I think she had a tough recovery. So uh, she talked a lot about gaining weight and like, you know, having Mm -hmm. to like, finding the confidence to love her body again. Um, Mm -hmm. And now she's pregnant with baby number two and like, sis. It's going hard. Hard in the paint. (laughs) Nicole, you were looking, looking like, just looking at my stuff downstairs, collecting dust. Oh my goodness. Like, seriously, I was watching Ready to Love the other day and I was thinking that I'm like, every person on this show has the best body. Like, and they're like, I have 14 kids. And I'm like, what? <laughs> As I'm eating popcorn on the couch. Looking seriously. <laughs> like, listen, it's crazy. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> Felicia, go ahead, girl. Okay. So my bomb mom nom is Jasmine. She is another medical mom like myself, but she's got three kiddos and two of them, I know were in the NICU for quite a bit of time. And she's just been someone who I've never met, but I feel like I know her and I met her through Instagram and we just connected and she's been part of my community. And she also shares her journey and I get a lot of inspo from her as she's bringing awareness to her premature little um, twins. And I just feel like she's just doing amazing work. You know, she's just always finding things for her kids to do and always just showing so much love. And like I said, sharing her story. So Jasmine is my bomb nom and her IG is Raisin Boys 3. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Cause I'm like, that sounds really familiar. Raisin Boys. Yeah. She's got her own, she got a YouTube up and like, She's bringing awareness, I know, to like when was prematurity, 
um, Awareness Month, she was sharing. Oh. Her story. So moved, like, wow. But it just shows you, like, every mom has their own story, you know, own journey. Yeah. And no moms looks the same. And even when you're on the side of being a medical mom, same thing. Like we all struggle with different things. Sometimes like I know uh, her kid is, has a trach. So we have that Mm. in common, you know, but they're also a little bit older. So it also kind of shares, but shows you like what the future can look like and the healthcare system. Like you just can go to moms about different things in this medical world and they can just give you little tips, but she's been great to follow. So definitely got to nominate her. Awesome. Going to give her a follow right now and follow this journey. This is really, really, again, I mean, we'll talk about why you're so awesome, but it's just, it's the transparency for me. (laughs) Like just the trend, like really just keeping it real and being honest. Oh, this is amazing. Go for it. So this nomination was by Milk and Heels. Her name, I believe is Destiny. Mm. And her Instagram handle is Mom Crush Monday which I'm going to just do a quick follow. Oh, yeah, her page is nice. So Milk and Heels, they said she has great energy, great family. She's loving and she's a fashion mom. Love a good fashion mama. I love this. Thank you guys, guys, though. Just a side note, because I know we our side notes are always us asking you guys to send bomb mom now. Yeah, (laughs) we're just going to thank you this time for sending them in. Finally, you guys are listening. <laughs> no, it's so awesome. I love this. Oh my God. I love fashion moms because it's like very, I guess, I mean, I hate it when it's overdone to the point where it's like, okay, like, are you always that glammed up all day, every day? Like, child stop. But I do think there's something to be said for moms looking good and looking fly as posing as a reminder that like, you can still do that. Like, it's okay right. to be sexy and be a mother. Like the two aren't mutually exclusive. Definitely. All right, friends. <laughs> Let's get into it because I mean, why not? So <laughs> we have uh, Felicia Johnson here who has such an incredible story. Um, so before we like jump, like jump right into questions, tell us like who you are um, and yeah, like a little bit about you and your incredible family. Yeah, so yeah, Felicia here. I am a mom, a businesswoman, a wife, a lot of hats I wear. Yes. But my most recent one that I'm so proud of is, is being a mom. And I had quite the, the journey to motherhood, mm-hmm. more of like those first few weeks before I had my daughter. And my whole goal is to bring awareness to her genetic syndrome. So she was born with a rare genetic syndrome called Pfeiffer syndrome. And it's pretty much when your skull fuses prematurely. And for most kiddos, it's not supposed to fuse until you're two. So if you think about it, it gives your brain room to grow, your head's still growing. And for us ladies who've had babies, we understand that our kids come out with soft spots. Mm -hmm. So my daughter, think about it, she did not have any soft spots. That's pretty much what happened. And so it didn't have any space for her, her brain to grow. And because of the way that her skull fused and was growing, um, it created like really small eye orbit. So her eyes protrude and also a really small narrow airway through her throat as well as her nose. So she's got a trach. And so I am like officially, I'm a medical mom. And it's been, it's been a journey that I'd never expected just because throughout my pregnancy, it was so smooth. Like I'm also a former athlete. I ran track in college. So I was working out all the way till 39 weeks. Like I was lost to get her to come out. 
And around my 36 week checkup, my doctor saw that I had high amniotic fluid still. And they were just thinking like, huh, like at this point it should start to taper down. And mine was still very high. So she said, come back next week and let's get you in a proneologist and have like a more detailed follow-up. So I thought, okay. And she wasn't too like nervous about it just because I had been passing all my tests beforehand. Like everything was so smooth. And then in that appointment was, it was a bit traumatic, but um, that doctor told me that she saw some abnormalities in my daughter's like shape of her head. Hmm. And I was like, wait, what? And she wanted me to have emergency C-section. She at one point thought my daughter had spina bifida and there was so much going on. And she also just didn't handle us properly as like, yeah, I could go on on about that, but she definitely knew more than she let on. And she didn't share the full story of what she thought my daughter had. So she knew in that appointment, she actually started taking notes down that she thought my daughter did have Pfeiffer syndrome, Aper or Cruzon, they're all cousins of each other. But when she spoke to me, she kind of just said, you know, you really do need to have a C-section. I do see something going on here and here, um, but you should get a second opinion. I'm like, what? Like I'm getting all this information, oh but gosh. not the details. Not details, oh my God. Yeah, so then I go to my OBGYN the next day and she comes in and says, can I give you a hug? And she's such a chill, like lady, she's never like emotional. And I just broke down ladies. I knew the news was bad at that point. And she shared, like, I see what she saw. And I'm over here a little bit like, what do you mean what she saw? Mm -hmm. And she said, like, I saw that she has craniosynostosis, which is pretty much the fusion of your skull. And me and my husband kind of looked at each other, like, explain more. And she looked at us like, I was here to comfort you. I didn't realize I was here breaking news. To oh you. my God. I would have said it in a different way. You know what I mean? And I was just like, so that, that part right there really frustrated me. And it made the last few weeks of my pregnancy, just a whirlwind of emotions. Mm-hmm. Both have had, had children and you know, where it's like, you're trying to stay positive and like you want to have that good energy. Yeah. So I was trying to stay positive for my little one. I didn't want to be crying, but I was like, mm-hmm. no one, and with Pfeiffer syndrome, you can't know the details of it or how severe it is until they're out. Oh, so I was so far along that trying <sighs> to do like ultrasound and everything. They're like, we only could see so much because she's so crammed okay. in. Yeah. Yeah. Image. So they're like, we see this but it could be this. And so they're like, they didn't want to tell me too much. Then of course I go home and Google hop on the Google Oh Lord. <laughs> and I start Googling Pfeiffer syndrome and craniosynostosis. And it was just like, these kids need 30 surgeries over their lifetime. And they just put all of the more severe cases on, of on Google. So it was, and it was a lot to take in. And then we went in and I, I had my daughter and we, what you all saw was, you know, she was in the hospital for five months. Mm -hmm. So we went through the NICU, we went through the medical floor and had to learn how to care for her. So she does have a trach. She has a shunt. She has a G2. So all of those like YouTube videos and mommy classes I was taking early on to figure out like being a first time mom, how to care for my child all kind of went out the door. Yeah, I had to have hands-on training with doctors and be tested on it before I could even like care for my child and bring her home. So 
and I, I wanted to make sure that I shared my journey on Instagram and just on social media so people can kind of have a window in and see like what it looks like because I, I just feel like there's not enough out there mm-hmm. or enough representation. Amen. There are, there are kids with Pfeiffer syndrome. I mean, it's one out of every hundred thousand. So it's pretty rare, but there's not a lot of like people of color sharing yeah. their stories that have Pfeiffer syndrome. You see a lot of um, women have reached out to me that are people of color and they've shared that they they don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's just more of a cultural thing. They, they keep it from themselves. I just didn't want to hide her from the world. I wanted to show her and I want her to help us bring awareness, but also to feel confident and know that like we always loved her. There was no mm-hmm. reason to like, sh- to hide her. And that mm-hmm. we do have where, you know, we have people sliding our DMs, making comments, but I get so much more love than I get hate. Yeah. Amen. I can't even imagine people like having the audacity to slide in your DMs and say hateful things. Right. Right. <sighs> just it just gets me sometimes. I'm just like, you're adults. Like, right. Why? That leads me to my first question, though. It kind of segues into mm-hmm. me wondering like, once you discovered what your new reality is and the prep that you would have to take with, doctors and specialists and learning how to care for her before she even arrived Mm -hmm. how did you prepare yourself for your mental state and how you would care for yourself during this time that's a great question I feel like I didn't care for myself at first I because I didn't have the time to, to really take in what was going on like I found out about what she was going through you know, at 37 weeks, and then she was born at 39. So it all happened so fast. And I was like, okay, I'm focused on delivering. Okay, she's here. Now I'm focused on like, making sure she's good. She's in the hospital. And there was a point probably around like week one or two where I was like, please, you just had a kid. Like you just had a full on baby out of you. Like Mm -hmm. you slow down. I was trying to walk up the stairs to get to the hospital. And like, I like cramped. I was like, okay, this is this is a lot like it's it's starting to hit me my husband's like just go home and rest and I was like mm-hmm. I can't like my body is telling me I need to be as close to her as possible mm-hmm. but my body is also telling me I'm in some pain like yeah. sit, lay down so I definitely for me it took like hitting that wall of physically like not being able to go and I remember the nurses telling me like we're, you're good she's in great hands like we're gonna watch her you're going to be fine. Go home, yeah. get some rest. If you are at a hundred, she's going to feel that. And we need you to heal up. And they're also like, and this is a children's hospital. So if you need help, like we can't care for you here. Yeah. I, when I, after I delivered, she went off to the NICU into a different hospital with my husband that same night. So I delivered wow. at and by like 1030, they had, take an ambulance and going on to a different hospital and so I was still having to stay at the hospital that I delivered at wow so my parents were there with me but I just felt so separated already so like yeah. I just I was hearing babies in the other room because your baby's supposed to be with you oh. in that room. and just I was I remember my mom saying like the baby next door was crying and she's like oh, I can't get any sleep with that baby crying and I was just like I wish my baby was crying. I think that was the moment where I realized like the grass isn't always greener. You know, you're like, huh, I, I would do anything just to have her cry right next yeah. to me. 
So from the from day one, I was trying to so fastly get to her that I put myself on the back burner. But then over time, I allowed myself to understand like me and my husband are a team. So he's there, he's got her. I have to physically get better, but also mentally. Mm-hmm. And so I started to work with a therapist. And so he had me take this survey about like postpartum depression. And like, I started circling a few things and I'm like, okay, I think these questions are leaning towards a little bit of postpartum depression. She's like, yes, it's normal. It's okay. Let's talk about it. So mm-hmm. I definitely realized that I needed some time to get my mental right as well. Mm-hmm. And that was so key for me is understanding that there's no like there's no deadline to healing like there's no timeline like mm-hmm. yeah. and I felt both ways I felt like there's a deadline I had to be good you know in two yeah. weeks and I also felt like there's a timeline in the sense of you know two weeks of this and then two weeks to grieve and I still find myself here 11 months later like having trigger moments of seeing mm-hmm. something seeing a kid go play or walk and I'm like oh please not walking yet or you know, so I'm, I'm still going through that, still traumatizing that moments, but definitely giving myself grace, talking through things with my husband and taking things day by day and finding mm-hmm. like little things to find joy in has mm-hmm. been really key. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about the grieving process because I have a close friend who has a daughter who has a special needs, her firstborn. And I don't even, it's like, her issue was not genetic it was like like chromosomal so Mm. it was like one one of her chromosomes has like a mild defect but when whatever like for like you know in any event um her child again was born like lost um, oxygen like the first couple of minutes of life so there's just been a number of challenges and you know had to spend a lot of time in the NICU uh you know is now um slightly developmentally delayed um so you know it's, it's, it's still working through the motions of learning to walk and all those and all those other um, milestones but I remember chatting with her about it and when she used the word grieving at first I was like taken aback, right? Because like we, we so commonly associate grieving with loss yeah. um, or with death. So I just, it seemed yeah. strong, but when she expressed it and she kind of walked me through like, no, like I literally had to grieve the child I thought I would have had. And I had to, I had to do that in such an earnest and honest way because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't feel guilty about doing that. I had to do that so that I could take care and like wake up and say, okay, this is the child that I have. This is the child that I've been blessed with. This is the child that I'm going to love. And she's like, but I couldn't do that with full conviction until I had grieved what I thought. And I was like, it was just, it was a perfect word. It seemed like the most alarming, but it was the most accurate way to describe what she was going through. So I love that you use that. You know, it's so true. I feel like we all go into motherhood with this idea of what it's going to look like, whether Mm -hmm. it be seeing your own mom go through it or seeing your friends. And I thought I was going to have some mommy and me photo shoes. I thought we were going to be home. My maternity leave was five months. Oh, so ready for like, we were going to go on walks. We were going to go travel down to my parents in California. Like I just had all these ideas of what we were going to do and what it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. And it was so far from that. And Mm -hmm. I just had to have a moment of like, I think I definitely took for a second, like, why me? Is this like punishing me? Mm-hmm. And that 
it wasn't like I'm blessed to have my daughter and I was chosen to be her mom. Yes. For a reason and there's a purpose behind it. And every day that reason and purpose is clearer and clearer. Yeah. And, but it did take me just being real. Cause I do think sometimes when you're put in that situation that you're like, nope, like you don't want to talk about it or yes. you don't mm-hmm. think about the grieving. And it's like, no, that's, those are okay feelings to have. Yeah. I agree with that. Wow. Yeah. And just by being a first time mom as well, right? Just trying to fall into that role. Like most first time mothers go through that phase of, you know, healing and slowing down and understanding your body and Mm -hmm. maintaining that mental health and understanding your new role as a mom and as a woman, like so many changes. So I can imagine because you didn't have that chance to prepare with that information of what your new reality is that hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And I'm a planner. I am so. Are you Virgo? No, I'm a Gemini. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were like, not a Virgo. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. I think it's just also like from being an athlete, like I'm very yeah. much like, okay, what's the end goal? Okay, what do I need to work on to get there? Okay. And so when it came to like finding this news out so last minute, it was like, I didn't have a chance to really like take it all in, but nor did I really want to because I knew like what kind of funk it might put me in. So I need to be like, okay, I hear you. It's it's back here, but this is the main goal right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think the timing of it, because I have some some mommy friends who have daughters and sons who have Pfeiffer syndrome. Mm-hmm. They found out like at 20 weeks. Wow. So oh. it, it varies. It really does vary. And so one thing I will say is that for Clea, like, her head fused together and then later on it some of the um plates had opened up oh yeah so she actually did have a handful of soft spots compared to some other kids and because it opened up i was still able to have a vaginal delivery and they weren't able to detect how um the shape of her head so earlier on so at 20 weeks they didn't really see it and i explained this to other um People who have asked me, I don't know, it's the same for you guys in Canada, but for us, like insurance covers like three to four ultrasounds. And so I had one when I first found out it was before 12 weeks. Then I got one between 20 and 30 and then one between 36 and 40. So so at 20, we couldn't tell, but maybe at some point between 20 and 30, we would have. But we don't, unless you're deemed a high risk pregnancy, we don't get them every appointment. And I had people tell me like the doctors neglected you. And I was like that one doctor, she did. Yes. Cause she knew more, mm-hmm. but overall, like they didn't, they didn't see it. And I, it just, it varies. Like I said, like there's been women that known at 20 weeks, but that's because the abnormality of their head was earlier on. You could mm-hmm. tell, and it never busted back open. And our doctors kept saying like, she's got way more soft spots than we've ever seen before. Wow. And because at some point her head, her brain was saying, I want to grow. And it just busted open. Wow. Kiddos, what happens is it just goes in the direction of there's still that one soft spot. But since she had a couple all over, it still kept a, a typical shape of a head. So I, I learned so much through the medical form, but I, me and my husband have a story around that. We were praying over her. And she's Man. got hearing loss. So she can't hear um, like our voices now that she has our hearing aid, she can. But we were praying over her. And 
out of nowhere, she just started moving more than she's ever moved before, like just jumping and kicking. I was like, oh, this is weird. And both our hands, it just felt like she felt us. And we keep, we both feel like that was the moment that like her, all those fusions like busted open. Come on, come on. We are a prayer, God. We believe in God. That's a testimony. Yes. And so it's definitely been a blessing because it's helped her quite a bit as far as she still is at a point where her brain wants to grow and she's just a smart little girl. But yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's crazy because in Canada we do, it's like, I think we're entitled to like four or five ultrasounds. I don't remember the exact number. I don't remember, yeah. Um, But I had like, I wouldn't take the similar situation, but I had an issue with Yara where um, my stomach at 32 weeks, like it was, I was just measuring too small. So mm. it was like almost like the reverse in the essence that like um, her, her, her skull or her head was measuring very tiny and mm. they were worried. They're like, oh my God, she might have Zika. She might have this. And I was like, oh my goodness. And what we're trying to convince the, like the midwife and everybody was that like my husband and I have small heads. We're like, I promise you, this is a genetic thing. <laughs> she got a tiny ass head because we have small heads. And they were like, yeah. oh my gosh, no. Um, so I remember when she was finally like, when I gave birth to her, uh, there was like a medical team in the room. So like, I they put her on me right away and they took her off me and then they put laid her down and everyone, the first thing was like measuring her head, measure her head. Um, and it turns out like her head was small. Um, but I guess what was the larger concern was that like the soft spot in the middle of her head was too big. So it was mm. very, very big. So they were worried that they may have to do surgery um, because they thought that it may not close up on its own. Because I don't know, I don't know. The soft spot thing is so strange, right? Like, it's just like how many, how, like, how wide, how deep. It's just like- I did not even know that. It was just so weird. And they were saying the same thing. They're like, yes, like there is supposed to be a soft spot, sure. And it mm. does typically fuse by the time they're two, yes. But I guess they, they said that yours was just too deep and it went too far up. But <sighs> they, I guess they, because it ended up being okay, but they ended up determining that it was because she had- um, she had like lodged in the birth canal so early. Like mm. she just like dropped really early that I guess that like that prevented them from like fusing. So anyways, it was a weird thing. But, oh, wow. Yeah, they were, they were, but because of that, like I was like ultrasound 32 weeks, 33 weeks, 34 weeks, 30, like every single week I was getting an ultrasound. You see? Yeah. And that's the thing. So every single time I went, I was fine. Like mm. her heart rate was great. Yeah. She was moving. She was, you know, my weight was good. We did the glucose test. Uh, I did wow. the chromosome test. So we did all that and the results came back fine. So there was no need for me to see any specialists. Yeah. But now that, you know, she's got Pfeiffer syndrome, they're, they're going to deem me moving forward as a high risk pregnancy. So then I will have those multiple checkups, Yeah, but also Pfeiffer syndrome, because it's like the sped up fusion of bone and growth, it's all structural. So a lot of it is just, it's structural. So visual, so you can only really see it through an ultrasound, but also they can like, what is it called? The amnios, the way they pull blood. Oh yeah. I've heard of it, but I've, I've, yeah, I haven't done one, but yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. It's pretty invasive and they were like, we could do that as well, but those are the only two ways you can find out. And so that, that makes it really hard where it's not just a simple, like blood test to find yeah, out. Yeah. Jeez, man. This is I know, you learn so many things. Like, right? yeah, like <laughs> you have so many soft spots, but not enough. And yeah. it's like, what? Yeah. That's it. I thought just like, you know, 
have a have a have a nice glass of wine, a romantic night, boom, make a baby. Nine months later, boom, pop it out. Like that's <laughs> that's what I was expecting. But then there's just like all these other so many factors. Yeah. So I have a question about just Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Finding community mm-hmm. for yourself, being a mom generally is, even though yes. it's a common natural thing, it's so isolating <laughs> at the same time. So I can imagine that like being a mother with a child that has um, a lot of needs, it could mm-hmm. be a, a bit more isolating finding a community. Do you struggle with that or do you, were you able to find I was able to find a community and I feel like at first, like I have a handful of friends that are moms and have kids who are maybe a little bit older, Clea, a lot older or pregnant right now. So I, I kind of went into it like having my community. And then when I found out later that Clea was going to have some health complications, I realized that that community didn't serve me mm. as much as I needed it to. Mm-hmm. And nothing against them. They were all great because they're moms. So they knew yeah. that know make sure you're healing make sure you're resting and they can give me some tips but some of their tips didn't apply because I needed someone who had a baby in the NICU I need someone who understood YouTube you know and so of course I still kept that group of friends they're so so supportive but I I realized I needed a community that focused on medical needs Mm -hmm. yeah and so I found that through social media and I I figured that it just came from Mm -hmm. sharing my story you know, like, because I was being so authentic about it, I, moms were coming to me and, and some that like, it would come to me and I'd go to their page and you wouldn't ever know that they'd been through that. And they would wow. just say like, because of you, I feel like I can share my story. I could talk about my daughter who was in NICU, but it was so traumatizing. I just can't get myself to talk about it, but seeing you talk about it as you're going through it, mm-hmm. oh man, it's, that's moving me. And mm-hmm. so that was a group of friends that I, created and and bonded with and then through the hospital they were able to match me with moms and dads in the area who also have Pfeiffer syndrome wow oh brilliant so that has been great and I I love that I have like a very diverse group of mom friends and lean on Mm -hmm. because there are some Mm -hmm. things that she goes through that any typical kid will go through like she's having a little sleep regression right now she doesn't want to sleep or she has a blowout I mean that's just (laughs) Every kid goes through that, you know? Blowouts. Remember them all. Right? And so I get my friend like, hey, use this to clean this out, do this. I'm like, okay, great. And then I have my my questions about more like her syndrome and saying, hey, you know, this surgery, how did it go for you? And then I have the, my moms who are just talking about what it's like having a kid with special needs, medical needs and going out into the world. Mm. And that's something I haven't quite dealt with yet because we're in a pandemic. Yeah. So- I go out here and there, but it's mainly to the hospital or to appointment and trips like last night where I went to the zoo lights, you know, and handling parents or kids looking at her of why does she look different or what, what is that on her head? Cause she has this hearing aid that's on her head. So 
I can talk to my my moms who have kids with like a facial difference or a more visible syndrome and mm-hmm. lean on them for that. So that's one thing that I've, I've learned that I've had to make sure that my community is big and it covers different topics and, and things that I'm going through in life, but it's very much me being proactive. None of them came to me without me doing something first. And when you think that you can do it on your own is when you kind of make yourself and it's like solo siloed community. But by, you know, telling our doctors, like, I could really use someone to talk to. Then they were like, here are all these resources. Yeah. But until I spoke up and said, I'm, I'm struggling right now because I need someone to talk to. They would have never thought of like, hey, let's share this name. Let's share this other yeah. name. And because of that, it's kind of turned me into wanting to be the same thing for others. So I told our doctor, put me on the list. So the next mom and dad to come in, have another, to have a kid with a syndrome similar, you can have them email me because I just went through it. And it kind of creates that cycle of like supporting other moms. Wow. That is so amazing. I love that so much. I mean, again, when you said one in 100,000, I was like, wow, that's like a lot. But then I think about like how big some cities, especially in the US are, I'm like, "Mm, maybe that's not that uncommon. Like it's uncommon, but I still think that it might be like more frequent than you think. Um, And the fact that you were able to connect with moms in your town, like that's amazing. Yeah. So like her syndrome is very rare, but within it, kind of how you were saying, like like a mutation in chromosome, like Mm -hmm. for hers, it's like a within Pfeiffer syndrome, there's also like another subcategory. So she's got Pfeiffer syndrome that's called like 290C. So the 290th cell is where the mutation happened. Wow. And ours, there's different, it says genetic, but for ours it is spontaneous. So neither my husband nor I carry the gene. So it puts us in a whole nother group. And we were able to find eight other families within like a 15 mile radius that have the same Pfeiffer syndrome plus mutation. It's crazy. I'm like, wow. hey, we should get the same water. Where are we eating now? Because <laughs> it's crazy. What are the odds? So yeah. I think you've told us a little bit, but I would love at some stage for you to tell us more about like the um, disorder, like what it might look like for her, like what exactly, because it's like, it, it's so unique. Um, but I mean, obviously not because look at that eight, like eight other families, same right. thing. Yeah. So Pfeiffer syndrome is, it's a rare genetic disorder and a lot of it is structural. So depending on what severe, how severe it might be for someone, um, I know they have different types, but our doctors don't do it by types. So there's like type one through three. They just kind of group all the kids in together because you can have a kid who is type one, but also has some of the criteria and like traits of type three. Mm-hmm. So they've been really good about um, doing the research, but it's all, Pfeiffer syndrome is all around like structural, like bone growth. And it all starts with their skull, which is craniosynostosis. So it's premature fusion of their skull. And with that, no soft spots, it creates narrow airways. It creates um, issues with brain development because your brain wants to grow and it's like where is the space for it to grow so sometimes it can create developmental delays um fusion and so my daughter has fused elbows so she can't extend her arm they're at this like 90 80 um, degree so there's a lot of mobility issues around that Mm. but the big part is like the breathing she's got a trach which sits right here below her vocal cords and because of that that's what she breathes through. 
So she has a ventilator. She has a, the ventilator itself is a whole nother story, but you know, we had to get trained on that ventilator. And a lot of it is just around like that structural bone growth. And with that, there's some facial differences she has because the way her, her skull grew, it created really shallow orbits. So her eyes sit forward, but a lot of it, there's a lot of surgeries that they go through to help yes. with that. So mm-hmm. she had two craniectomies so far. And what they do is like they remove bone in your skull wow. and the bone regenerates on itself. Oh, wow. What the goal is, is it's almost like a pop can. So like when you open it, it relieves that pressure. So the goal would be for us to take the bone out and for her brain to go, <gasps> and they start to expand and grow because what we've wow. been doing is like it back. Exactly. Wow. And we wanted the, her brain to grow at a faster rate than the bone grew back. Oh, so, wow. It's like a race. Yeah, exactly. And so every time we do it again, it's the same thing. We're trying to make sure the bone grows back slow, slower than the, her brain is growing. And we've been able to have two successful ones that just relieve pressure, to take the pressure off of her brain. And because of that, we've been able to get in front of any delays she might have as far mm-hmm. as like cognitively in her brain. Our hospital, we're at Seattle Children's Hospital, and they see almost like 150 kids a year that have like this cousin of syndromes, Aper, Cruzon, Pfeiffer. Your typical hospital sees about like seven or so. Wow. So we're, right? So the prayer of God, like we were blessed to be your parents, but we're also blessed like where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're so innovative. And so they are very proactive with everything. So they do her surgeries before they see an issue which has been life-saving for her to be able to thrive. So for a lot of the research out there, surgery might not happen until six months, but instead for her, we did that three months. So things like that, like we don't go off of your typical chart. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I said the types. Yeah. You on like, oh, you're type one. So we have to treat you this way. Our hospital is like, no. We're going to treat you how your body's responding. So we see that this might be an issue. We're going to do it before it becomes a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. So she's had, yeah, two brain, there were two skull surgeries and she'll have a big one called monoblock mm-hmm. in like a year and a half. And what it does is it's going to take her forehead, move it forward, her nasal bridge right here, move this forward. And so her eyes will have protection. But with that being said, it's going to create space in her throat so she'll have a larger airway so she can breathe through her mouth. So wow, that's major. Yeah. So a lot of it, like I said, it's structural and it's surgery based. It's not, you, you might find some kids that have some internal things going on, but like her organs are great. Her heart is great. It's just a matter of, you know, she's got this narrow airway mm-hmm. that she can't breathe properly through her nose and her mouth. So we're hoping to, you know, have most of her surgeries before she's like five. Okay. And then she'll still have some later on in life, but the, the big ones yeah. that with her quality of life will, will happen earlier on. And in my quest to find more research and, and learn more about her syndrome, I connected with a young lady who's about like 25 and she's got Pfeiffer syndrome and she went to college. She got Yay! married. Yeah. She's a totally functioning woman and she's doing amazing things. And that's what I want to shed light that Ugh. she might look different than your typical kid. But again, what's a typical kid? What's a normal? Like, right. Right. Ways, like 
these stereotypes and these words of labeling people as like, oh, you're normal, oh, you're pretty. Like, it just, yeah. it, it's subjective, subjective, all of that. So she gives me so much hope and Kalia is so capable of so many things. I mean, she's already showing us that she can, she's been sitting up lately and it's just like, I think it's all of a mindset too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the moment my husband said, she's capable of all things. We are not going to look at the website, look at Google and say, oh, it says she won't do this, this, and this, and think that it applies to her. No, mm-hmm. our daughter is amazing. And we're going to always take every day as if she's capable of all things. So she feels the confidence coming from us and saying, you're going to sit one day, you're going to walk one day. So when someone yes. asks me, oh, will she ever talk? I'm like, yes. Like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, yes, she will. Well, how do you know that? Because she's going to talk one day. She's going to walk one day. And I, I just feel like she feels that energy. Of course. And it just For sure. gives her that confidence. But these kids are amazing. And I want people to know that she's, her name is Clea and she has Pfeiffer syndrome. Pfeiffer syndrome doesn't have her. She just happens to have this rare genetic disorder. It's not controlling her life. And that's just the mindset we carry with her. And I want her to take every day with that. That's beautiful. Listen to me. If you don't put that on a shirt, she has fibrosism, but fibrosism <laughs> does not have her. Have her. That yeah. is a whole word. Well, because I talked to other, um, I think that's one of the things when I was talking to this lady and, that, and she said she had a friend that also had Pfeiffer syndrome and they were raised two different ways. She said that the parents of her friend kind of like shielded her from the world and it made her feel like she couldn't do certain stuff. Mm-hmm. So she kind of carried that comp- like lack of confidence and, and self-esteem into certain arenas of her life. And so now she's kind of like, oh no, I can't do that. Or, oh no, like that's not possible. And Clea has already shown us that she can, like, because of her fused elbows, I was just talking to my husband about this. It's like, we're already in our head thinking of, okay, like, she might not be able to reach this. Like, let's think about how we can make this accessible. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come in the room the next day and she'll, like, have found a way to grab something. And I'm like, <laughs> babies are so smart. Like, yeah. I cannot, like, sell her short. Like, she's going to find a way. So she's such That's- a problem solver. So, hmm it's so true. Can't put anything past these babies. They're more deter- determined than we are. Right? When they good. want something. It's true. They'll find a way. She's going to find a way to get it. Listen, I'm, I, I see her with that pink bunny. She's not playing around. Miss Bunny. Girl, Mrs. Bunny is her bestie. I love it too because Mrs. Bunny was a gift to her on Easter in the NICU. And so oh. it just has, it holds a lot of like sentimental value because I think as she gets older, it's like that's where you started. You seen those little memes of how yeah, I how yeah. that, and it's like you started in the hospital, and this bunny was giving it to you from the nurses who cared for you and loved from you, and now it's a part of you, and you take it with you, but it's not who you are. Like it's it shows you how much you've overcome. But yeah. she loves bunny. Girl, she lights up. Everyone's like, oh, you should get some um, other bunnies just in case you lose it. No. So we, and I thought I could fool her. And she had a surgery the other month. And I took the other bunny into the hospital. And she was like, okay, cool. Like, didn't really like hug or anything. <laughs> she knows. And so then we, we picked her up. We hand her Mrs. Bunny. She lit up. She oh. grabbed the bunny. I was like, oh, OK, 
okay, you're too smart. I can't fool you. <laughs> These kids know. And they, <laughs> they, for they, sure. don't mind. they will keep they will drag that bunny dirty, clean. <laughs> Spiders are like, okay, um, I think Mrs. Bunny needs a facial. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's chewed up on that little girl. Like, <laughs> there's no way. No, I think that's I love that. I remember my friend saying something similar. She's like, you know, I don't feel sorry for my daughter because she doesn't feel sorry for herself. And she's exactly. like, she doesn't. She wakes up every morning with a zest of energy. She's not feeling bad for herself. She's like, so I can't waste time feeling bad for her because she is just living her, she's living her life because it's the only life she knows. Yeah. Exactly. So she's and like, just celebrate her. Otherwise, they just, they feel off, they feed off of you. The moment yeah. you start feeling sad for them and bad for them and like, oh, you can't do this. It's like, they hear that from you. They just yeah. echo. That inner voice. Yeah, you give them that inner voice. Yeah. yeah, so true, man. So there's a question we like to ask mm. all the moms that come on the show because we're all about self care. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, we try. I mean, <laughs> we oh. trying. <laughs> Tell the truth. Well, what does self care look like for you? Self care, it changes. I feel like with every like chapter of like her life, but um, lately, what it looks like for me is I think I said earlier, me and my husband realized that we are, we're, we're partners in this and we got a tag team. So if we're both trying to watch her at once, we're both going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. So lately what it is, is I'm like, Hey, tonight I need to take a a long bath. I want to read my book. I want to catch up on some reality shows and you got her tonight, (laughs) you know? And so it's just been having some me time because in the pandemic, like I'm working from home. I'm living from home. Like I'm doing so much in this space. I don't always feel like I can get away. So Mm -hmm. I've had to find little places within my home that are like my peaceful place. Um, So that's it. Just like long bath, a good book, just soaking. And then being outside, I like to work out and it's kind of a way to kind of hit like a reboot (laughs) for me. So we have a gym and Mm -hmm. lately what I've been doing is getting up in the morning and running or walking on our treadmill, lifting some weights, mm. maybe I'll go outside and walk. But adding self-care is like all about like my body and then also like my mental. So then checking in with friends, journaling, just find some way to kind of like get that energy and like my thoughts out on paper and not bottling them in. Right. Yeah. Smart. I love that. Listen to me. We're all for the reality TV. <laughs> I'm a trash telly. I'm like, girl, you better get your 90 day fiance on. You better go and get your real highs. <laughs> go, right. that's right. Because I feel like for me, like, because uh, we have nurses, so we have a day nurse and a night nurse. So I'm constantly, I have someone in my home, and my husband's working from home, so am I. So if it's not like getting a phone call from a doctor about an appointment or my coworker, it's like constant having to be on. Mm. And sometimes I just want to be off. Like, yeah. I just want to hear some nonsense, some pettiness. Huh? I'm like, what? And like, live through them and then, like, move back to reality. I got to be yes. on. So, what are your shows? Oh, my goodness. What aren't my okay, shows? Okay, well, while they now loves 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> all of them, 90 Day Fiance, the every other spinoff way. they've ever created, we watch yeah. it all year Family round. Chantel, love it all. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's just so good. I'm also like a real Housewives junkie, although I haven't gotten into Atlanta this season, but I'm like, I like it all. Like I started watching Johannesburg. I watched Salt Lake. <laughs> New yeah, York. I've been watching Salt Lake and Potomac. Potomac. Oh my 
Potomac is that was messy. It's not, it's not real messy. Yeah. That was wild. But like even the part one of that reunion, I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, it's crazy. I'm also like a hardcore. I'm like not every season, but this season in particular, I'm like gung-ho for the bachelorette. I see like, that. Over the top. Are you? My nurses are into the bachelorette. And oh. so I have to get into it. I heard the season with like the one woman that was there for like three episodes and then left. Don't so, to be honest, with you, I thought that was the only thing that was going to upset me this season. But like, Aisha's like choice, like her, her ch- taste in men is just appalling. Like, I'm just like so <laughs> all of the ones where I'm like, this is this is him, girl. This is him. She's like, I'm sorry, you're not getting a rose. I'm like, oh, girl, <laughs> you don't like, want love. Come on. I used to be so into it. Like, I watched the Rachel season and oh. Yeah, I get into ones, and then if they have like a follow up, like the bastards bad, then I yeah, yeah, yeah. episode or seasons, and they come back. So I haven't got back on the train yet. I mean, I think I'm on the train now, and I think I'm definitely gonna be on the train next season because I mean, okay. first black, right? Exactly, stuff first like black this. bachelor. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got, got you. Get into it, Chanel. I don't know who you who you pretend. Yes, I've never watched it, not even once. You not can't. Even you're once. not. A, you're not above it. If you watch Ninety Day. <laughs> Come on, like <laughs> ninety days, the worst of them all. <laughs> That's it. Like anything is up from there. It's like okay, no matter. People can tell you anything. Real world, road rules, and it's just like yeah. I, well, I don't know. I don't watch that. When you watch ninety day, get real. <laughs> That's it. It's the Fine. best. <laughs> okay, That's so fun. I mean, oh wow, we've had, we've had you on for so long now, but it's just like yeah. so, such a rich conversation and so many good things. But I I do want to ask you though, um, advice. We always ask moms for advice, but I think in your situation, you know, with your, like your, like with the journey that you've had and that you're undergoing, I think there's a lot of advice. So um, what advice would you offer to parents who are expecting and, or have recently um, learned that their child may have a condition that may affect their development? Um, so health or otherwise, and what would advice would you offer friends and loved ones who wish to support? Um, that second piece I think is big because I know from on my end, I struggled a lot with like, how do I help? Like, I really want to help. And, um, I don't, I didn't know what to say and what not to say, what questions to ask, what not to ask. So please offer advice for parents, but also for friends. Yeah. And for parents who just found out that their child's going to have a health condition, that's going to change the directory of their life. I would say to give yourself grace you know, to slow down and allow yourself to go through those emotions because you need to feel all of it in order for you to get to the other side where you realize that things are going to be okay. Because at the end of the day, things will be okay. Mm-hmm. And lean on those words, lean on that. I have to get through these hard times to get to the end where it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful journey. Um, but also just so many things in life that you have to work hard for that put you through trying times. You come out on the other side stronger, more resilient. You learn mm-hmm. something from it. And so understand that. Lean on your partner because when you find out that news, it can really shake your relationship and it can make you and your husband or whoever it might be, your partner just kind of go your separate ways in a sense of how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. You've got to come together. 
Like if there's any time to bring yourself together, it's during that time. Wow. Talk about how you're feeling. You know, for me, I was, I handled it so different than my, my husband did. I kind of shut down. I'm the talker. I didn't want to tell my family. I didn't want to talk to friends because it made it feel too real. Like, yeah. and my husband was the opposite. He's, he's such an introvert, but he was telling his family and his friends, his coworkers, and he was having those hard conversations early. And so for me, it made it hard because by the time she did come and I, it was time to tell the world of like, Hey, this is the reason why I delivered on the 16th, but I haven't told anyone yet is because we're still in the hospital. People didn't know. And so I wish I would have just spoke up and just said it from the beginning. Cause I think people would have met me with a lot of empathy and support earlier on, but I just didn't know how to talk about it. So we came together and we talked about like, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? And we kind of had to play the roles of he was the strong one for a while. And then when I kind of felt like I got above water, then it, he felt like now I can have my moment. But we um, just felt like we both couldn't be at our all time low at the same time. True. So lean on your partner, really find a way to give yourself grace and understand that this is a journey. Like this is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Like there's not going to be a deadline where you're going to be totally healed and, and be okay. Yeah. And then I, that last part is, as far as friends, how can friends support you when you're a medical mom, when you're a special needs mom? And for me, I didn't know what I need at that time. Mm -hmm. And looking back at it, I wish friends would have been, the ones that supported me really well were the ones that were very like proactive and gave me, told me what they were going to do for me. So for instance, if someone was like, let me know what I can do. I love you. I'm here for you. I felt mm -hmm. that. But I also like am someone who feels like I can do everything by myself. So I was never going to text them and say, hey, I could yeah. really use you to come over here and fold some laundry. Like I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. The friend, I have a really good friend from like, oh, from high school. She texts me and is like, I want to be there for you. She lives in California. I want to fly up and be there for you. I was like, oh, okay. And then like a week or two went by and she goes, how do these dates work? I'm looking at flights. What time works for you? And I was like, okay, this time works, this time works. Mm -hmm. So like, she gave me a date. Like she didn't leave it in my court to come back and say, hey, like, yeah. oh, I love you come see me. So just like setting that like firm of like, this is how I want to show up for you. Does this work for you? So it gave me a chance to say yes. Or others would say, I want to make food for you. What kind of food are you interested in? What kind of food do you need? And so things like that. But I, I just felt like, I had a good balance of those who would check in with me every now and then, those who call me every day, but understand that this parent also has so many people as far as family and friends that are calling them, mm -hmm. that it was nice to have people call me and not talk about all things Kalia. I love my baby to death, but it was just like, it was consuming my day. And it, it made me feel like my life was just her at that moment. Mm -hmm. So when, when someone would say, how are you doing? You know, Hey, did you work out today? Hey, like I, if I wanted to talk about the hospital, like I could, but I also like, we could key key, like, girl, did you see that show? You got to get into this show. Like I needed oh, nice. that. It yeah. made me laugh. And I was like, this feels good. Right. So those are some tips I have for how to support your friends who just found out. Just like I said, give them like, tell them what you're going to do for them and understand that 
they're so overwhelmed with everything's going on that they don't really know. So if you put the ball on their court, they're probably not going to hit you back up like and say, hey, I need your help on this. Just, but don't just show up though. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm here. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. I love the idea. Like I even giving them choice. Like when you were saying, like, you know, I'm gonna make food, like, hey, I was gonna make something for you. I'm either gonna make chicken or salmon or beef. Which one do you think that you prefer? Like, yeah, like giving them some clear options, but like something actionable. Exactly. Exactly. Actionable is so key because I don't think we're all in that same boat. I don't think any of us wanna say, Hey, I really need help or mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. 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 It's hard to find that balance because it's also like there's so many things that you need to think about. I think about just coming home from the hospital and I'm tired. I'm still like delusional and I don't want people to be like, hey, like, do you like what do you need? I don't know. I like I don't even know if I'm here. <laughs> exactly. I was like, yeah. I can't even am I? question right now. I'm like, yeah. I need everything. Like you, <laughs> where yeah. should I start? What don't yeah. I need? Yeah, right. exactly. That's great advice. I'm going to keep that in mind, taking that initiative, but like giving them the option as well. True. Just to know what the boundaries are. Because also some people need their space as well to even process. And Mm -hmm. do they want people in my space? Do they just need a drop off? So yeah, that's that's something to consider. Yeah. Because I feel like I had some people like that didn't give me much grace when it was, I didn't respond right away to them or hey, I found out this news from Facebook. You didn't text me personally. And it's like, did you ever stop to think about maybe it's too hard for me to talk about this? Mm -hmm. It's too hard for me to call everybody and give them an update. That Facebook or whatever site that I decide to share information, I'm not doing it to make you feel like you're not a part of what's going on. I'm doing it to share it because I emotionally can't process this. Mm -hmm. And, And I think we have to think about that, like mentally and emotionally, what is this person going through? And not take everything so personal. Yeah. yeah. You know? So right it, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, oops, my mom, dad, um, and there was certain people that I felt like I had to give updates to. But other than that, like, I, I didn't. And I, I had some people feel a certain way about that. And at that point, I was like, I don't, I don't have time. You for, don't have time for this. Definitely no. not. <laughs> If you're here to support and help, this should not be the conversation. Don't ask me why. Right, exactly. exactly. Support me, please. Those people. Outrageous. (laughs) Don't get me started on those people. Yeah. (laughs) They know no bounds. They know no bounds. Like, Like, are you really here to help or stress me out? Please. Exactly, exactly. So. Of all I had things. To do that. But I think that's like any big life event, you know, you get married, yeah. you get, yeah. have your first baby, all that. Yeah. Like there's just certain people and family and friends that yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of jump on what you're going through and make it about them too. So it's yeah. like, just do what you got to do for yourself. Right. A hundred percent. That's awesome. Oh my God. That's such good. Like such great advice. I'm so happy. It is. Yeah. And I'm glad that you shared that. And I think that definitely things to take away for sure. Um, I, this is a small question and this is kind of like an off thing, but I'm looking at you and I'm, I'm thinking about like how I've watched you over the few months and what it's been like for both Chanel and myself. And I'm just wondering, this is just like, again, just my own curiosity. Like, do you feel like you? 
because I feel like it took a long, a little while for me to feel like Leanne again. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that like, I'd imagine that that journey of feeling like Felicia might have taken slightly longer because of the nature um, of, you know, your new reality. So do you feel, yeah. I mean, you're, you're obviously you're, you're a revised version of yourself, but do you feel like yourself again? Or do you, are you still trying to figure out, like, are you still struggling to kind of be? I do feel like myself again. I'm, I feel like a better version of myself. Like, I don't think I'll ever be the same, mm -hmm. but I, I feel more like myself than I have since she's been born. And I think it was a lot of like being in the hospital and being on maternity leave and then getting home and going back to work and finding a little bit more of like normalcy of like what life is going to look like for us has definitely helped. And because I was on such a long leave, I threw myself into like her care and her medicine and everything because I had the capacity in my, in myself to do that. And then once I started back to work, I kind of felt like, oh, I'm getting back into like me, what I enjoy, what I mm -hmm. like to do. Now I have time for myself because I know she's good. Mm -hmm. And for so long, like she wasn't good. You know, we were trying to recover from a surgery or she's having a bad response to this medicine. It was something always going on. And then we got home, we got into the swing of our routine. It felt like <sighs> I can breathe again. Mm -hmm. And a part of me started to kind of appear. And then I found through that process of growth of, wow, I can, I can get through some things and you start to prioritize life a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I feel like I'm just a new, better version of myself and getting closer and closer to that too. But I'm also like, I'm in my thirties too. So I just, I feel like there's just certain things you care about when you hit that, that, that 30 group, it's just like oh, all yeah. the work into your twenties and all the things that happen. You're like, I either don't have time for that or that wasn't that important. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. think about like what do I really care about yeah and how do I want people to perceive me and how do I want to show up but also who I don't care about thinking of me like Ooh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think so much about like how is being perceived I'm just showing up as me mm -hmm. and the more I've been so transparent and authentic the more I felt like I'm trying to figure out more of who I am which has been a very amazing journey to go on so it's like a journey for Kalia, but also a journey within myself. Yes, the whole dual birth. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it is. It's a new birth. I gave birth to a human and myself is rebirth. So I feel it. I totally get what, what moms say. Like, you'll never yeah. be the same. And no. it's for good reasons too. Definitely a better version. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, friends, listen. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this woman is phenomenal. Felicia, yeah. <laughs> if you don't drop every single thing, drop your your phone number, your address, your social insurance, <laughs> your blood, <laughs> your ID, your MySpace. <laughs> Not MySpace. <laughs> drop it all. Drop every single mode of contact because wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Felicia11. Um, you can find me on YouTube. I've been putting more out on YouTube. If you want to understand like a day in the life of a medical mom of understanding more about what Clea is going through, definitely follow me on, on YouTube. It's just my full name. I think it's Felicia Ankton Johnson. And you'll just get to see video form 
of what life is like. I've just been trying to document it. I think it's like the more 2020 version of like home videos. I send them to my mom. Like we'll go in a vlog of something Thanksgiving, the adventure we went on yesterday. And she's like, oh, it's like a little home video. I'm like, exactly, Ma. (laughs) But I want Clea to look back and be able to see some of the adventures we went on, but also just my goal to spread awareness about her syndrome and to help others truly understand it. Cause I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of questions everyone always has about what she's going through, what the future looks like. So it's like, it's all there. So those are yeah. two different little mediums you can find me on. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, we want to thank you so much for meeting oh. with us. You. Yes, thank you for having me. Enjoy talking to you. This was this was long overdue. Lay was just like <laughs> bursting at the seams to talk to you. <laughs> Can I tell you like, when she when she put Kalia in one of my bows, I was foaming. I'm like, oh my god, she's wearing my bow. <laughs> she's wearing my bow. For your support and for this podcast and for your IG, like everything you're doing, it's just like supporting other moms and creating that. Like we need more of that. We need more of like less of the shaming and more of the support mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing and like you're living through that and the energy I feel talking to you ladies it's like I feel like I'm just like you know at home sipping some wine and talking to my girlfriends and I love it and <laughs> just are so authentic so I appreciate you for having me on but also just spreading these good energy and vibes to the whole world yeah um, of course y'all are my bomb. I should have nominated you too Oh, girl, stop. Listen, listen, I'm a crier. Don't push me. <laughs> Don't do it. At the drop of a hat. Don't get started. Oh, Lord. <laughs> do not. But, uh, all friends, we are at the end of our show. Mm-hmm. Know what we're going to bother you about <laughs> all of the things. <laughs> we got some things. We have a laundry list of things to harass you for. <laughs> um, check us out on Instagram at WTM podcast. You can also check us out at wildenap.ca mm-hmm. where you guys can send us your birth stories. Don't forget about that now. We want you guys to send us your birth stories. You could write it out. You could send us uh voice notes. Mm-hmm. Um or coming soon we will have some on video that we will post to our website as well. That'd be really fun. So Go to our contact tab and send us on a message. <gasps> Reviews. Friends, listen, you need to go and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's the only place that you can review us. So please, if you love this episode, if you love any of our episodes, if you just love us, then go to Apple Podcasts. If you're not sure how to get there, you can go to our Instagram, click the link in our bio. It'll open our link tree. And then the third link is the Apple podcast link. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and then you can click and then you can write a review. And it's not just an, I mean, you can easily just like, you know, go ahead, scroll and give us like the four, five stars, because I mean, why would you give us anything less than five stars? But <laughs> you can also tell us what you love about us or about the show. It means a lot. And the more reviews we get, the more likely we are to show up in people's suggestions. So we're growing our community of bomb moms. So please review us, friends. I think that's it. Now I think we've officially annoyed them enough. (laughs) Well, with that being said, friends, nap time is over. And we will see you guys in our next episode. Bye, friends. (laughs) 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.